What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Schedule's out, and we are here to talk about it on a Thursday night. As right now, the Heat and Sixers are wrapping up the most boring non-competitive playoff series ever. Glad this one's going to be in the books. And now we can focus on football, baby. It does feel a little bit more real when the schedule comes out. We get games to look forward to. Bills and Rams on Thursday night to start things off. Shouldn't you be excited that your Panthers and your Heat are advanced? I don't care about the Heat. Yeah, let's go Panthers. Uh, they didn't advance yet. They didn't. We got a big big one on Friday night. But how about uh, how about this schedule, David? We I know. Got a big one on Friday night. There is a big one on Friday night. We, we. We do. We do have a big one. Uh, wow. Uh, Dave, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the big storyline that you saw, FFT After Dark, the big storyline you saw when the schedule was released. Uh, week 14 is going to be a real nightmare for people. It's going to be the biggest binado in the history of fantasy football. And it's not because of the teams that are necessarily on by because like <clears throat> Falcons are there, the Bears uh, Washington. It's it's not necessarily the teams. It's that this is the last week of the regular fantasy season, and you might have rode Jonathan Taylor or Alvin Kamara or Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he ends up having a good year after all. All this way to week 14, and you need a win to get in. They're not playing. The Packers on bye. The Colts on bye. Saints on bye. Commanders, Falcons, Bears on bye. We've never had anything like this before in fantasy football. It's going to raise some serious problems for later on in the year. You know, I have a slightly different take on that. I'll see what you think. I like my players having late bye weeks because I guarantee you by week 14, there are several teams in most leagues that are not trying anymore. Yep. And it is easier to get by in week 14, no pun intended, uh, when you're missing a star player than it would be in week five or six when everybody's in on the waiver wire competing for the same players. But are you the type of fantasy manager that when you're out of it, you don't care anymore? No, of course not. But I'm not talking about me. I mean, I'm talking about But, but if happens. you've got these guys on your team, you've got to replace them. I know, but it's easier to replace them when four teams have quit and aren't competing on the waiver wire with you. That there's a further issue that I didn't think about till right now. What if you're a league commissioner and uh, the team that's got Jonathan Taylor and Michael Thomas is terrible and they're quitting on the league? 
and now you've got to go and find replacements for them in week 14 so that another team that they're playing against could be competitive? Who would do that, though? Eh. Losers who don't want to bother setting their lineup anymore. You're overthinking it. You're overthinking it, my man. Me? Yeah, no. I think so. All right, uh, I, gotta, I no, I'm telling you, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a wrench. It's gonna be a big wrench for people. It's interesting for sure. I thought it was a typo at first. I couldn't believe it. So it's Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington with week 14 buys. The number one overall pick in most leagues will be on a buy in the last week of the regular season. Uh, we do have three shows next week. On Monday, key stats from 2021. On Tuesday, workhorse running backs who aren't that good, although we're working on that title. Might have to change it a bit. Thursday, dynasty tight ends. It's so bad. <laughs> What'd you say? It's such a bad topic. No, it was. it's a good topic. I think it's a really good topic. It's weighing... No, I think it's a great topic. It's, it's the good debate of opportunity versus I don't really think this guy is so good. But there are good. no guys this year, though. Yeah, so I have to tweak it a little bit, but you know, why don't you just get rid of the word workhorse? I mean, that's possible because I want like really. I think you have to ask this question about some some big running back like Saquon Barkley. Does he ha- what does he have left in the tank? Is he still good? The only thing we like about well, not the only thing, one thing we like about him is the work. Is he still good? You know, those are questions we we'll have to answer. David Montgomery, three point eight yards per carry last year. Come on, but we like the work. Um. All right, anyway, there's another episode you need to know about. It's going to come out on Sunday morning. It's part, it's part of the Early Edge podcast. Dave is going on the Early Edge podcast. It's an NFL Futures episode to talk gambling. It's a great a great podcast. You're going to hear that episode in this feed on Sunday morning. So I just want to give you a heads up. And I didn't give you a heads up last time when Pick 6 was in our podcast feed on us, uh, whatever that was. We right had Pick 6 draft. in our feed? Yeah, uh, after well, the NFL terrible. draft, it was a NFL draft kind recap. Of a downgrade to our feed, no? No, Dave. This is what it's called cross promotion. The last thing we need is Will Brinson polluting our air. <laughs> well, we're gonna have more Dave Richard in uh, our Sunday feed on the early edge. Okay, Jamie, what are some other schedule headlines as you digested it? Uh, I was uh, so I just did a spot for HQ where I was just looking at the rookies, and so. Uh, Brees Hall first game against Baltimore and Ken Walker's first game against Broncos. Uh, you know, we want to see right away what's going to be for those two guys in particular, because they're going to be the first two running backs drafted uh, for the receivers. Um, you get at least one head to head matchup uh, that I saw of two of the headlining rookie receivers, which is Chris Olave versus Drake London in week one. And we'll see, you know, if Michael Thomas is ready to go, you know, you brought him up in terms of week 14, what's going to be a status for week one. Uh, is he going to be the number one receiver for New Orleans like we're hoping? But if he's not, then you get Olave in a big spot, a uh, great matchup uh, potentially against Drake London in what should be his, you know, hopefully start to a great season uh, as the rookie there. Um, I think two guys that I want to keep an eye on from the rookie class where I think they could make their debuts. You have Jamison Williams. The Lions have a week six by so week seven they get the Cowboys and so is he going to be out until that portion of the season miss the first five games sit in week six get on the field week seven something to consider uh, especially with the pup list and how that goes and then Kenny Pickett with the start of the Steelers season you have uh, Bengals in week one Bengals in week one Patriots week two Browns week three you know if they're one and two or worse in those three games, they get the Jets in week four. And if Trubisky's struggling, you could see Kenny Pickett starting that game against the Jets if he doesn't win the job outright in week one. So um, a couple different, you know, rookie angles to take a look at there from the schedule. But uh, clearly for for the two headliners, you know, for how we'll see them drafted, you want to see if Brees Hall, is he the guy, tough matchup against Baltimore, 
Is Ken Walker the guy? Potentially tough matchup against the Broncos as well. Anything else for you, Dave? Anything major? DeAndre Hopkins' first game will be week seven against New Orleans, so that's not so good. I think the Saints' defense, on paper, they look pretty good. Their secondary has always been pretty good. Uh, I think the Chargers could get off to a red-hot start. They've got the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Texans, first four games of the year. Uh, I think everybody's ready to draft Chargers as it is and maybe the AFC West in general as it is, but um, my eyes got big when I thought about those secondaries, especially for the Chargers. Ravens literally start the year. Jamie talked about Jets-Ravens in week one. Each of their first four games are against AFC East teams, so they're going to get the Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills following up against the Jets. Could be a good start for Lamar Jackson to begin the year. Um, well, but Colts, isn't that bad for Lamar Jackson? I think it's terrible, yeah. That's good. The rest bad. I mean, the Dolphins... The Dolphins, you had the blueprint for Lamar Jackson think, last year. I, I don't I don't know if this Dolphins defense is going to be exactly the same as they were against True. the Ravens earlier in the year. We know they've got a new defensive coordinator. Some of their talent is outstanding. Their secondary is great. I'm thinking about Lamar as a runner more so than anything else. And when he contributes as a passer, I think he can get off to an okay start. I'm not that worried about him. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of worried that the Patriots defense won't be itself. And that we're going to see teams put up some numbers on the Patriots' defense this year, more so than in in prior years. Based Colts have, based on just the talent that they've lost, questions in the secondary. Um, pass rush is is Judon and you know a couple of decent players on the D line. I don't know. I, I think they, that they could struggle. They have bit. lost a lot in the secondary. I mean, you know, sure, it's cumulative over the years. No, JC and they're Jackson, like they're bringing no back one. Malcolm Butler. Is Butler right. going to be as good as he was five years ago? I I don't know. Uh, Colts, I think they're off to a great start. They've got the Jaguars and the Texans the first two weeks of the season. Maybe one tough matchup in the first eight games is a note that I wrote about for Indianapolis. Uh, any tough run defenses in weeks one through seven for the Las Vegas Raiders? Maybe there's a hot start for Josh Jacobs. Uh, those are the big notes that I got through. Oh, one more. Week 14, worst Binado ever. We'll deal with that then. That's not the only Binado we've got this year. Week nine, and this one's Worse in terms of teams that are missing players. Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and the Giants all on by in week nine. A lot of good quarterbacks there. And then the you week might not before get that, Watson until week 10, then it might be right. And so, and then week eight, Kansas City and Chargers are on by. So, only two teams in week eight, but they're two really good teams that players that we really want to have in fantasy. And then in week nine, six more teams, including at least three with uh, quarterbacks that we like. Hopefully, it's three with quarterbacks that we like if Deshaun Watson's playing by them. But we don't know. Jamie, you could be right. They might say, all right, he's sitting until week 10. Um, he just sits oh, out the first half of the year. Right. Right. We were, we were kind of talking about this in the office. Like, could, could the NFL get – everybody saw what happened to Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball. So I don't know if the NFL can get away with a, like you know just a small suspension for Deshaun there, There's Watson. no way they would have allowed the Browns to have him sign that contract if they knew they were, that was coming. Could they say something like, and then this might be way off, but like a year and a half suspension, but he's already no. served the first Not year. Not without a guilty verdict. Well, Dave was saying he's already well, served Bauer the first year. Well, didn't have a guilty verdict, and he's forced right. out for two years. Yeah, but I mean, the NFL has precedent with this stuff. The MLB was setting a precedent. I, I doubt they do that in Deshaun Watson's case. So what do you think? Half a season is what they do because there was I think he'll probably get eight games. He'll probably get appealed down to six, and that's what we're we'll, look, we'll be looking at. Oh, so he would be back before the bye week then. That'd be cool. All right, CBSSports.com wrote an article about strength of schedule. This isn't fantasy related, but it but it is it is still relevant. It's based on win percentage of the teams from the previous years. The NFC Which East is terrible, by the way. 
What's that? Like, I know that this is what you're going with, but the, there's so much turnover from team to team yeah. that you can't rely on what their win-loss percentage okay, was last year. But the article points out that, I don't remember exactly what it was. I didn't think you were going to challenge me on this. Basically, well, every year, I got something better coming. every year for the last however many years, at least one of the two teams who have had the easiest schedule has made the playoffs. Uh, and this year it's Dallas and Washington. They have the easiest schedules in the NFL. In fact, the four easiest schedules are the four NFC East teams. The NFC East got a very easy draw. The Eagles had the easiest schedule because last year. Because that division was terrible last year. Well, it's not just that. Who else are they matched up against? I think they're... Uh, I can tell you. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's part of it. But the NFC East... I mean, for the four NFC East teams that have the four easiest schedules, that's something. The Rams and the Cardinals and the Bengals have the toughest schedules based on win percentage. And Jamie, look at the car. Look at the Bengals. The Bengals playoff schedule, fantasy playoffs, at Tampa Bay, at New England, Buffalo. What do you think about that? At Tampa Bay, at New England, Buffalo. I mean, obviously not ideal, but you know we saw, and and this is kind of you know I'm always a little pessimistic about the you know using the schedule as a crutch. Um, we thought the Ravens were going to be great last year, right? Yeah, and then injuries just and injuries, you know, took so, them down. You know, anything can happen. I'm not going to draft my team, especially when we talk about star players. You know, if you get into marginal guys, you know, so if you're deciding between, let's say, I don't know, Tyler Boyd and Rondell Moore, you know, if that's something that you want to, I don't know, Moore doesn't have an easy schedule, but, you know, something along those lines, you know, maybe that's something that sways you, but I'm not avoiding Joe Mixon because of the end-of-season schedule for, for the Bengals. We just don't know what that end of season schedule really means. Do you do the same thing for the early season? No, I think that's something you take a little more into account. You know, you look at the first, I always look at the first four games, you know, and okay, sure. that's something that's a little rough. Then again, but it's, not uh, for the superstars. Like you're not going to look at the no, first four games. No, but I mean, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're looking, if you're looking, you know, I'm trying to think, like Jalen Hurts has a good start to this season. You're yeah, looking, he does. You're looking, Really, at, at Jalen Hurts, you know, like Heath, for example, will probably do this. Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray, you know, he's he's much more in the seemingly seemingly at least in the Jalen Hurts camp. You know, that might be something that sways him. Um, you know, Hurts or Dak versus I don't know. Um, I think somebody has a tough schedule. You get the point. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it it still could come down to superstars, but for the most part, I think you just draft the guys accordingly. All right, you want to know the NFC East schedule. Obviously, they're taking on each other. They also have matchups against the NFC North. That's Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Mm -hmm. And the AFC South, which is Texans, Colts, Jaguars, Titans. So that's that's the draw you want. I mean, (laughs) that's a good draw in terms of strength of schedule. So some things I wanted to ask you guys about. um, I don't know if you care about this, but you look at Arizona and James Conner. And James Conner really struggled per carry last year. He had a very tough schedule. You know, he faced three really good run defenses in the NFC West. Now, the the Seahawks gave up a ton of fantasy points, but they were very good to running backs. But they were very good against the run. They were terrible against pass catching running backs. But not only does Arizona get the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers twice, those were three top notch run defenses. They also get New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. one of those three divisional games will be Week 18, and it won't count. But when you throw New Orleans and Tampa Bay, those are the first two first two teams that I look at in good run defense. It's year after year after year with them. So New Orleans, Tampa Bay, plus five games against Rams, Seahawks, 49ers. I'm not sure which team is in week 18. That that stood out to me. I don't know if that matters to you with Connor. How about Philadelphia you know, again, and Minnesota, too? 
There's two it's other uh, teams that could be good against the run. Yeah. It's a potentially deciding factor. Now yeah. for Seattle, you know, losing Bobby Wagner, we'll see what that means for that run defense and how good they'll still be. Um, you know, we saw uh, at times last year with Vita Vea in and out for the Bucks, and as of now, there's no Ndamukong Sue. So, you know, the middle of that defense is not exactly the same. So we'll see. You know, it, it's just, it, it shouldn't, again, sway you in such a dramatic fashion that you're going to avoid that particular player if you feel comfortable in that spot in your draft. But if you're deciding, let's say, between James Conner and Leonard Fournette, which I think people are going to have a choice to make, um, maybe that's a different route you go. You go the Fournette route. If you're deciding between those two guys and Aaron Jones, you might go to you know Aaron Jones because his schedule is a little bit more favorable. Packers have a favorable schedule also. Um, you know, so just – I think something to take into account. But if you have a feeling on a certain guy, you know, James Conner's in such a great situation right now, I'm not going to let the schedule get me away from what his role could be and – and what his opportunity and upside could be. They start against the Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams. One more, one more team. Let's talk about Atlanta, because Atlanta and all their stars. Well, but they're running backs, right? If you want Algier, like maybe Algier gets the job eventually because Patterson really struggles. Look at their schedule. The four best teams uh, on a per carry basis last year were the 49ers, Saints, Rams, and Seahawks. They were the four best against running backs per carry, and the Ravens were tied for fourth. So 49ers, Saints, Rams, and Seahawks. Um, all four of those teams, 49ers, yes, all four of those teams are within the first six weeks for Atlanta, plus Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Their plus first, Cleveland. Yeah, and Cleveland could be good, right? Uh, I think Cleveland's defense could be pretty good. Maybe not so much against the run, as the past, but still good all the way around. Yeah, it's a bad schedule. So it's the Saints, the Rams, the yeah. Seahawks, the Browns, Bucks, and 49ers. That's the first six games for Atlanta. I don't know if Seattle's defense is going to be particularly good. They lost which, Bobby which, Wagner. That's which, true. Yeah. Which of those running backs, though, whether it's Patterson or Algiers, or Algier, excuse me, are you drafting as a starter? None no, I'm not, but I, I I like the opportunity for Algier to come in and take more of a role after Patterson gets off to such a bad start against so then that's tough defenses. A, not a bad scenario if the start is bad and that Patterson gets beat up in those games and then Algier can come in in the middle of the season and maybe take over. So, you know, it's it's all about how you're, you know, moderating expectations for these guys, you know. Yeah. So this is kind of what I was talking about with, you know, getting past the, the guys that you're drafting because you're expecting them to do well. I don't think anybody's expecting, you know, Cordero Patterson to do what he did a year ago. I don't think anybody's expecting Tyler Algier to come in and be, you know, a star right away. You're hoping that he has a chance to be good based on his opportunity. So, you know, this gives you the chance to have some of that discovery mode. Now your team can get sideways quickly because of injuries and you're forced to play a Falcons player, uh, a running back, and, and that would stink. But, you know, I would almost say... I'd like to see how Algier does in these tough matchups because then maybe when he gets to the easier matchups, you feel comfortable starting him. I guess it's also possible, though, and Dave, you're right about Seattle, right? Let's maybe take them out of the equation without Wagner, that it's just going to be very hard for the Falcons to run the ball early on in the season. And that maybe that's something we should consider. I mean, they really jumped out as having a brutal run schedule early. Um, but, all right, any final thoughts, guys? No, there, there's going to be more to come out about the schedule. I always like to do a breakdown of each element of every defense and try and come up with a good projected strength of schedule, which is different than the strength of schedule that you referenced, Adam. 
Uh, last year worked out. We we double checked the work, and last year uh, I did a good job projecting run defenses and how good they were. I didn't do as good of a job with pass defenses, but we'll we figured out what I did wrong and improving on that this year, and hopefully it'll help you out. That'll come next week. I would just say don't overvalue the schedule. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to look at these matchups. Uh, so much will change, though, once the season starts. So I, it's something I, you can consider when you're looking at the beginning part of your fantasy season. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, if, if you're making your draft decisions based on the schedule, you're playing fantasy wrong. I also think that Devontae Adams might have might have the toughest cornerback schedule. Uh, yeah, the toughest cornerback schedule. I haven't really gone through everything, but it's a based on an if. If Asante Samuel and Pat Sertan become the players that they were drafted to be, he's going to face them four times. Well. Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, uh, they got to face him too. Emmanuel Mosley. I know, but he doesn't right. have Aaron Rodgers anymore. So I'm just saying it's kind of a tough. It's kind of a tough break for him. He gets uh, Devontae Adams gets some some very tough, potentially saw, very tough uh, number one. Football ones. Focus tweeted out Jamar Chase's schedule too and the corners he has to face. I mean. Again. Okay. Yeah, all right. Right. Yeah, it should be. I'll sense. always take the good sense. receiver against the good corner. But you really think the Chargers are going to put Samuel on? Hey, I'll tell you what, man. When they, Samuel and help? Jackson, when they were... Right, they have J.C. Jackson, too. When, when they right, have a loaded schedule and... I have a loaded secondary. And when they were healthy last year, before they added J.C. Jackson, they were one of the toughest teams against wide receivers. And then mm-hmm. their two starting cornerbacks both kept getting hurt. And they fell apart, but they were a very, very tough secondary. Right, and, that's and week not one, only did the they way. add Jackson to that secondary this year, but they added Khalil Mack to their pass rush. So it's going to be, if they can stay healthy, they might have the best defense in the AFC. If they can stay healthy. That's the big yeah. All right, we're out of here, folks. Thanks for watching and listening. We got FFT and five. If you want to hop over on YouTube and check that out. For Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Have a great weekend. See you. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.